0: Hey, it's my pleasure today to welcome Dr. Kelly Burris, the founder and uh, chief executive officer or president, I guess I should ask you that term ahead of time, of the Burris Institute, and uh, a very important influence in my life in terms of what uh, I have learned personally in my own development and in the work that <laughs> we're able to do with veterans to help them move forward. So, Dr. Burris, welcome to Gallant Fuse Podcast.
1: Oh, thanks very much, Carl. Great to be here.
0: It's an honor to be associated with the Burst Institute, and uh, absolutely love what you do. Uh, As I said earlier, before we started the call, I'm going to try and keep this to about 15 minutes to encourage people to stick through the whole thing, because not everybody has a whole bunch of time for a podcast. But uh, what we're going to talk about is extremely important. And first off, I want to ask you, what is functional emotional fitness?
1: Uh, Functional emotional fitness, to be straightforward, was designed to disrupt mental health, and doing that by virtue of measuring the primary drivers of, uh, well, what they term as mental illness, we term as uh, emotional fitness. Uh, And it is designed to measure outcomes of emotion, behavior, relationships, and gut health. Excuse me.
0: When you... um... When you talk earlier, and you and I have had this conversation on email before about disrupt, when you say disrupt mental health, you mean disrupt the way it is currently practiced. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. Yep. And that, that, yeah, I know that, that, uh, that term might be a little divisive with uh, laymen, but with people who are uh, in the industry and understand that it needs to change, that's exactly what they want to hear.
0: Well, tell me, what is it that needs to change? What's the now? Practice as opposed to what you're doing.
1: Well, the now practice is uh, observational, subjective assessments. So, in other words, that's that's a uh, sort of a uh, upscale term for guessing. <laughs>
0: well, I, was, I was trying in my head to decipher that.
1: <laughs>
0: now, I'm old infantryman and a ranger, so it takes a minute to work all those big, uh, multi-syllable letters.
1: Yeah, so, I, you know, the, the question is, regardless of what you do in life, you know, what do you, what do you start out with? And, and certainly in the, milita- in the military, this is very straightforward. You know, it's always about what? It's about the objective. Correct. What can you measure? Right. Yep. So in, in regard to mental health, what's the objective right now? The objective is to come up with a diagnosis so that you can then prescribe medication. And the reason that uh, we, were, we have been driven to that and why we are stuck there is because it's a good business model. It's, it, 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 it's a good business model because you can go through large numbers of people. <clears throat> when somebody comes in, you don't actually have to deal with their issue. You can mask it with medication.
0: ask a few questions, get a couple of symptoms. Put them right. into a bucket
1: that says these Right, and that's where that observational subjective model comes in. Yeah. Because you, you you listen and you observe their behavior, and then you tell them what their disorder is, and now that you have a label, the insurance companies uh, understand that label, and then you know they can pay for the medication that you just prescribed them, and for the office visit. But what's the bottom line? Bottom line is uh there was there was not a clear objective in the beginning if there if the objective was to uh, you know get control of your emotional state behavior and uh you know gut health and we'll we 'll speak about gut health in a minute mm-hmm. uh, but that's that 's a key factor this for this whole overall equation now if that is a clear objective, then what do you need to do? You need to measure or get a baseline of where you are right now. It's sort of like, you know, if, if you go in, uh, you know, and somebody diagnoses you with cancer without doing a blood test. They just look at you and, and, you know, see that you didn't get a good night's sleep and go, oh, you must have cancer. Would that, would that be acceptable?
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be very. uh, That that uh, (laughs) would provide the right kind of treatment. And another example popped into my head, and that is, you go to the gym to a personal trainer, and the personal trainer doesn't even look at you to see what you need. The personal trainer just says, "Well, we're going to start you running five miles a day, and we're going to have you do these exercises without considering anything that's going on in your body."
1: Yeah, and the key factor there being blood pressure. I mean, I I know I've known trainers that killed their client because they did not, uh, you know, uh, check their blood pressure before they started. And, you know, if you've got somebody on, on medication uh, that, that may have uh, skipped their medication for the day and you, did, you didn't know that or you didn't do any, any sort of physiological assessment, yeah, you're, you know, the, the chances of uh, survival is a, is a flip of a coin.
0: So then in the disrupting part, it's moving <laughs> to a model where you measure where you are right now Right.
1: You you establish that baseline in both uh, uh, emotion uh, in in emotion, behavior, and relationships, and gut health. You you establish that entire baseline first before you start with anything else.
0: Once you have established that baseline, then where do you go from there?
1: Well, then you uh, teach the client how. uh, emotion uh, and behavior come about. In other words, how you know, and, and what what brings about emotion and behavior? Well, you know, everything we do as human beings requires what? It requires a thought process. Mm-hmm. So you you have to, uh, in order for uh, your client to have any level of control over what they're doing. Uh, and this is a, a, extremely fundamental, very foundational. They have to understand how a thought comes about, in other words what 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 steps uh, does it take in order for that thought to turn into an emotion and then a behavior
0: One of the things then, that course, I think is amazing about Burris functional emotional fitness is and we 're not going to get into the details of that if somebody wants to understand that, they can. Respond to this podcast. They they can. There will be links in the bottom of the podcast where we can put you into uh, a session with a practitioner. And if you're a veteran, it won't cost you anything. If you're not a veteran, I'll refer you to Dr. Burris, or we'll we'll work something else out. But uh, we'll we'll put you into the initial coaching so that you can see how that process works. Uh, so I don't want to go into that part of the detail now. But um, what I do want to talk about is once you have you 've identified these things, and originally you were you were going through things that were not focused so much on the physiological, but now you have transitioned more to physiological or gut health in terms of uh, kind of understanding what the impact of the foods that you ingest and what's going on in your body has on your emotional state and and even before I say that, and I was starting to go with this. Uh, line of thought just a minute ago, and then I lost it and jumped to gut health. But what I love about the Burris Functional Emotional Fitness System is it in a you can be kind of uh, crass and say it doesn't matter what happened to you last minute, last hour, last year, ten years ago when you were a kid. What matters is your ability to make a choice in the next minute, the next day, the next hour that moves your life in an intentional direction to achieve your objectives. That is what I absolutely love about the birth system. So, uh, again, thank you for letting us be a part of that. Now, let's go to the gut health side. Talk to me about, about gut health. What's gut health? Why is that so important for us to measure?
1: Well, in, in 2008, uh, NIH committed, a, uh, I believe, it was around $115 million for the hu- Human Microbiome Project, and that was to research the effects of the Gut, the, and when I say gut, I mean the uh, you know 20, approximately 27 feet between the esophagus and rectum. The rectum, uh, the, uh, we, we we pretty much uh, have known for quite some time that that, uh, that the gut is lined with uh, well, in essence, uh, with neurons with brain cells in essence. So it is that's why people call it the second brain. Now the Human Microbiome Project. Is breaking down the effects that the bacteria in your gut have on uh, a multitude of symptoms. For for our purpose, it is on mood specifically. But uh, there is an entire array of autoimmune conditions and everything else. Uh, You know, you can get into uh, lupus. Uh, Lupus is probably a great example because. Uh, over 90% of uh, diagnosed lupus cases are female. So we understand that uh, females have a much higher rate of uh, dysbiosis than males do, and that correlates with the uh, incident of depression uh, among females as well. But the uh, fundamentally, the, uh, there's a nerve that runs from the gut up to the brain uh, called the vagus nerve. And uh, that's the way that the gut communicates with the brain. Now, the theory and contention is, is that there is more communication from gut to brain than there is from brain to gut. If you think about that just one moment, then you, then you can really fully comprehend the impact that the gut can have on mood. Now the uh, bacteria in the gut uh, can cause uh, thought processes. Now backing up just, just one moment, there are, uh, th- there's a lot of people in the industry right now because they don't understand how a thought process works, they're going, oh, this is, it, you know, it, it, it's just like a, a, a brand new revelation. It's the gut that's causing depression. That's what we have to deal with the gut. The gut's causing depression. Well, you know, it, it's a chicken and egg conundrum. What disrupted the gut to begin with? Well, the number one cause that that we, that we have thus far uh, cause for disruption in the gut is stress. Well, how does that stress cause? Guess what? We get back to the thought process again. So it is uh, critical to address the thought process first. If you, by some chance, are able to rebalance the microbiome without addressing the thought process, guess what's going to happen? If you didn't address the thought process, then that stress that occurred initially that disrupted your microbiome, which then caused this self-perpetuating cycle of of degradation uh, within the thought process and gut is going to reoccur. Are you with me on that? I am, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a, a critical factor to understand. Now, um getting into uh, uh the point of suicidality in well it it 's gone up in the general population with teens uh the military of course we hear about all the time, but it 's going up everywhere now uh we'll we 'll uh, speak specifically about the military because I think that is unique because of overseas deployment? I mean, how, mu- how much of a chance do you think uh, there is to not only eat bad food, but possibly get parasites? And, and uh, you know, it, it, of course, we, we talked about the number one thing, stress. You know, is there stress placed on these young warriors when they're uh, deployed? Well, yeah, big time. Right. More, more so than any other part of the population. Yeah, and
0: it's very, very common to, to pick up parasites, whether it's from water or
1: food. Um, yeah. Well, you, 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 yeah. you have the you have multi-layer uh, situation that's going on there. You've got the stress, which we know for a fact, is the, the biggest part of disruption of the microbiota. You know, that's a given. Then you are uh, in, a, in a foreign country somewhere and uh, susceptible to parasites. And then guess what uh, another big factor is, is your diet. Are they getting the best food? Well, no, of course not. If you're eating MRIs, uh, you know they're. they're uh, I, I don't I haven't looked at the ingredients of, of the, the most recent MRIs, but I'm sure that they're laced with. We uh, prefer to a... eat
0: the MREs. The MRIs are the scanner. Oh, ones. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> the MREs, right? Uh, little little slip of the acronym they, there. They,
0: well, but 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 I don't think it's the MREs that are the issue. The issue is. Uh, you have all of these other things that are ancillary to that. So, uh, if you've ever heard of an energy drink called Ripit, you know they they're, they will pound those energy drinks. And yeah, and there are always sodas. There are always there's always tobacco. There's always all of these other things that come in around the the MREs. I, I think if you did nothing but eat the MREs for a month or two, you'd probably completely purify your system, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> Well, here's, here's, here, here, here's the issue, though. You know, if you're thinking about preservatives, preservatives disrupt the microbiota sure. because they are going to kill off bad bacteria. A great example of this is one of the uh, uh, things that they recommend for uh, yeast overgrowth, which is, uh, you know, the, the common one is uh, candida albicans. And uh, one, of, one of the things that they recommend for that is, uh, grapefruit seed extract. Mm-hmm. Now, in a in a study, they uh, did, uh, I think it was five grape, different grapefruit seed extracts. All of them had preservatives except for one. The one that didn't have any preservatives had no effect. Interesting. On the yeast. <laughs> so it was the preservatives that was well it's probably not just killing off the yeast but killing off good bacteria also so but, uh, so as
0: you go through the the uh, gut health checklist in in the birth system you're, you're not going through it and saying, "I eat bad food you're going through it and you're identifying different conditions about your body, which then can lead you to a discussion with your medical practitioner about your diet about changes that you might need to make, is that correct?
1: Yes, and let's, let's be specific about that. A functional medicine practitioner, because the uh, functional MDs are focused on gut health. That is uh, a significant part of the certification that you go through uh, as a functional MD or, or any functional uh, practitioner, functional medicine practitioner. How do you find a functional medicine, medical practitioner? Well, we've got links to our sites, and it's uh, functionalmedicine.org, I believe, is the, is the address. And then you can, you can track down one from there.
0: Some of the yeah. veterans that I've worked with that, uh, that are in the VA system, if they don't have the ability to pay for outside medical, uh, when they take that gut health checklist, I encourage them to print out a copy and take it when they go into the next VA appointment and show it and have a discussion with the VA doctor about it. What do you think about that?
1: Oh no, we yeah, no that's we want to encourage everyone to do that not yes. just not just the vets, but I mean uh, all all of our clients um, and if they uh, are unable to contend with that, I say you've got to find another another practitioner, and certainly within the VA <coughs> you can request another m d
0: absolutely and there and, is and a, you should if't if you don't believe you're getting the care that you deserve that you've earned, then that's the terminology you need to use, and I use that to change. Uh, my own medical practitioner a number of years ago, because I wasn't satisfied, and when I called up, yeah. and I said, I need a new doctor. They said, why? And I simply said, I don't believe I'm getting the care that I've earned. And, uh, and they didn't have anything to say to that, so they switched me. So that, yeah. uh, that I believe, is the language to use. So, uh, yeah. Dr. Burris, what, uh, what's coming up in the future? What can you tell us about growth of uh, functional emotional fitness and what's coming down the pike?
1: Well, as as you know, Carl, we are we've got the most advanced system for uh, measuring, tracking, and improving uh, emotional and gut health uh, at burstconnect.com <clears throat> And what we're working on right now is a uh, I, I, have you ever have you heard of machine learning?
0: Uh, I, I might misrepresent um, what that is, so
1: tell me. Okay. Well, machine learning is a form of uh, AI or artificial intelligence. Okay. And basically what that does is, is what what it's going to do for us is uh, going to be able to correlate the data between our gut health uh, checklist and our uh, functional emotional fitness checklist and give us a lot more information in regard to what the uh, uh, connections may be between what you are eating, the effects of what you're eating, and uh, mood, and what adjustments we might be able to make there. Uh, that, and this is an extremely simplistic uh, form of that, but we are uh, you know, looking at uh, building a, a whole new, Platform that is going to be based uh, on this machine learning profile, and of course, if you know anything about AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, uh, they are pretty much in a leadership role as far as machine learning goes, and in regard to the tools that are available in order to tweak all that stuff out. So, uh, you know, when people look at a uh, at a site you know even the even the connect site which you know by comparison of the of our upcoming, upcoming uh, machine learning site is going to be pretty uh, primitive uh, even though right now it, it is the most sophisticated you know site for mental health uh, on the face of the planet <clears throat> but the the machine learning site will take it and be able to crunch Huge data. So, you know, when we integrate uh, fully into the military, um, we will be able to uh, ultimately. What we're looking at, (coughs) excuse me, with machine learning, is to be able to uh, predict uh, outcomes even before they happen by virtue of this data collection. So if, if uh, someone, so in other words, it would be able to, without going in there and looking at the data manually, it would raise a red flag for someone that might be predisposed to suicide. Oh, outstanding. For no. instance. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's where we're headed right now. Um, and we are uh, actively uh, and aggressively... Seeking funding in order to build this, uh, because we're we're looking we're looking at it, uh, uh, about a, somewhere in the vicinity about a half million dollars just to establish a foundation for this. But uh, this is something that would you know right now we have the highest level of scrutiny in regard to our practitioners than anyone, and a big part of that is our behavior control checklist. You know, where in that, in essence, <clears throat> enables the client to grade uh, the practitioner. But the, the machine learning is going to take that so far beyond uh, what we have, you know, right now. That it, it, you know, and, and is that going to put uh, a little bit of uh, pressure on the practitioners? Well, it, it's going to require that they do their job, let's put it that way.
0: Which they shouldn't have any problem with.
1: Which they should not, yeah, you know, in in my opinion, if you're in mental health and you're not measuring uh, emotion uh, uh, and and behavior uh, and relationships and gut health, what are you doing? what's you know what's the objective? Well, Dr.
0: Burris, we're at the end of our time. Uh, I, I want to say that uh, again, I greatly appreciate the opportunity partner. With the Burris Institute, and uh, and we have. Well,
1: it's, my, it's my pleasure, Carl, and I, I just I'm uh, honored to have any association with the uh, with the Rangers at all.
0: You know, we've had uh, I had a Ranger that came up to me at an event a couple of months ago, and he said, "Hey, remember when you uh, gave me that uh, that coaching stuff a year ago?" And I've coached so many, I didn't remember this specific incident. So of course, I smiled and said, "Sure," and he said. That helped me stop chewing Copenhagen. He said, "I used Copenhagen for twenty years." Wow! So that uh, that's a pretty powerful testimony, just right there. That's that's
1: that's extremely powerful because you're you know you're talking about uh, not just a habit but a physiological addiction.
0: That's right. That's right. And we've had uh, marriages repaired and saved. We've had veterans that have uh, been able to reestablish visitation with their kids, whereas before they were cut off because of their self their attitudes yeah. oh. that, were, that were destroying themselves. And,
1: I, man, I cannot so. tell you how gratifying those, those stories are. For me. Well,
0: I know we've saved lives, and, uh, and so, uh, again, I really appreciate it. Well, Dr. Burris, thank you so much for being part of the Gallifield family, and, uh, and we will do, I'd like to, maybe in about a month, we'll circle back around and get an update.
1: Okay, sounds good, Carl. Have a great, great afternoon.